Uh, hi, everyone, and welcome to another iTalk with TUI. Um, delighted to be joined today by my friend and IBM champion, uh, Steve Bradshaw. Hi, Steve. Hey, Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I, ho I hope you're the same. Um, Steve, I've, I've done an iTalk with you before, but I just realized a while ago, it was actually five years ago. We uh, it was five years ago, and we were at a conference at the time, and uh, it was the first interview I'd done in a very long time, and I literally just finished building uh, an environment. I've never been so flapped all of my life, and uh, I was delighted with how you made that uh, interview sound like I was calm. when I. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's try and keep you calm, calm this time. So... Um... <laughs> So, so let me say, what, what I want to start with, uh, I, I think, Steve, is, is, sorry, I should point out that you're, you are one of those dreaded hardware guys. So obviously, most of what you're about to say to me, I'm, I'm not going to understand. We'll, we'll just take that, 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 that as a given. But um, so your, your company, um, uh, Rotan IT Services, you're based in the UK. And um, so has the last year and a half been an interesting year and a half for you? I tell you, the beginning of the pandemic, uh, we went through changes like everybody. But just before we get onto that, yes, I'm a hardware guy. And uh, I, I, I might be seeing a little bit of a remote uh, road to Damascus about, about software, but I still always announce myself as the antidote to Paul Tui. Right. <laughs> so uh, hardware and, and, and the pandemic, you know, the, the customers that I look after, and we look after about 80 different organizations here in the UK, they went they, they fell into two categories those people who had been generally looking after their machine you know that it was patched it was reasonably powered they looked after their network they got the acs clients on there then the, the transition was pretty effortless all we needed to do was give them remote access to the ibm i the, that they ran on and whether it was gui based or acs based um it was easy i'll come back to that with one exception we had to break one habit uh, and i'm delighted that we finally broke it there was the other type of people who, you know, um, will never do anything. We never fix anything. It's not broken, so we're not going to fix it. Hail. Those people found that it was broken pretty darn quick. Um, and, and it wasn't that the system stopped working, but because everything else was, you know, oh, well, I'm using this sort of software, the old uh, Windows client from, from years back. I tried to reinstall it on a modern machine and it didn't work. No, it doesn't. It's not supported. And you can't phone anybody because it hasn't been supported for years. I tell you what, go back in time and buy a Windows 7 machine and then it'll work. Uh, th those people, it was a bit tougher. So mm. I, I, you know, for the first three months, we were triaging the people who needed the help. Uh, but that, after that, suddenly things became the new normal. The machines operated wonderfully. And if you don't mind me sharing a, a customer story I did, um, a feature called um, Albert Jagger, we did this case study with IBM. Because those were one of the good people that they'd looked after their machines and they got the latest clients on there, they literally you know, grabbed uh, their workstations, which mercifully were mostly laptops because they're cheaper these days, and they, they, they took them home. Um, and half of the people were already road warriors and got VPN clients. We look after their networks as well. So we just put the, 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 the clients on the other half and they carried on working. So through the pandemic, literally, even though they were forced to close for regulatory and all the good health and safety reasons, you know, they were, they were able to work all the way through, do the remote orders, keep on top of the systems, talk to the suppliers. And I, I got a quote from their managing director. They reopened two weeks earlier 
because they could see the stock that they got, they could see the demand from their customers, they could see the work that they could do because they've been able to keep the systems up to date all the way through. So that gave them a real competitive edge over their uh, opposition. And that was purely because it was so easy to carry on using an IBMI based system, one that's architected to be central, regardless of you know, whether you're using open source on it or a GUI front end or a traditional 5250 command line, it's a centralized system that's designed to be accessed remotely by multiple locations. So it just works. Mm. So IBMI made my job a lot easier over the whole pandemic. But you know, the first quarter, we, we were busy <laughs> like everybody else. That's, yeah, yeah. So it's, um, okay, I'm, I'm going to come back on the hardware stuff and that because there's a second side of stuff that you're involved in, in Stephen. This is, is where we met, which was through uh, IOG or IUG, the user group in, in, in the UK. And, um, and I think you guys have had an interesting year uh, as, uh, as well there. So I, I know that you've started doing um, hybrid um, uh, events. So, so, and you've done a few, I think three, three you, you, you said? That's, that's correct, we did three and we're just about to do our fourth next month. Next month, yeah. Um, at, at which I, I will be presenting. Okay, I, 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 uh, I don't think I'll be there though. Uh, st still a bit early, um, but um, so so tell tell me a little bit about about that, Steve, because I I think you you have an interesting take on the on the way the pandemic has affected user groups, sort of a, a good side and bad side. So, so let's start with the good. Okay, there has never been a better time to get IBMI education. The one thing about this pandemic, with so many virtual conferences and virtual presentations. Um, being out there that there's more speakers uh, there is more subjects being covered at more events at a lower cost usually that cost as you know as, a, as someone who's on the speaking mm. circuit you're normally doing this stuff for free now uh, and, and and that's that's fine uh, you know there's big audiences um, we're attracting uh, audiences now we're, so we are a UK based um, normally we're just servicing the UK market and yes We'll get some you know, guests from across the water. We'll have some Irish guests. We'll maybe the, the odd few Europeans turning up, and they're all very welcome. Truthfully, they are. But we had 400 people from 27 countries. You know, we were serving the Asia Pacific market. You're thinking, oh, oh my God, when did that happen, and why did that happen? It's because these people wanted education, and of course, they're very, very welcome. You know, if they can understand uh, your accent and mine. Um, <laughs> The way that we seem to somehow change English into what it is that we speak, uh, they're very welcome to attend. So that that was great. So from a point of view of being able to learn and reaching a broad, broad audience, I think this was fantastic. Not that I wished for a pandemic, but that was an upside. Yeah. But there is a downside. The IBMI community, and we talked about this a lot the last time we spoke five years ago, is full <laughs> of amazing people. You know, I normally see you, Paul, probably six seven times a year at conferences mm. uh, and every single time we're there we're being looked after by the local organization and they really look after us they'll take you out for a meal they'll do some sightseeing they'll give you the tips on what to buy and where from um you know mm. it's, it's like a, a a whole family of people uh, that, that just sort of oh right my distant cousin is turning up um mm. and i miss that uh, normally, you and I are also talking about the fact that I'm fed up of being in a hotel. I'm fed up of the cost of airport. <laughs> I really want to sleep in my own bed. I've got a terrible confession, Paul. 
I'm, I'm itching to get back on the train <laughs> and eat dreadful food with a plastic spork just so I can go and see people again, you know? I, I know the feelings of you. I really, really do. If I'd have said that to you two years ago, you'd have slapped me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I know. I, I miss the guys. I miss, you know, I miss being with people like you in person. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's so many others. You're thinking, oh, where, where's my family gone? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it's, it's I think there are phenomenal uh, benefits to this sort of virtual uh, world. But um, so I, so, yeah, sorry to talk across you, but you did ask me and, and I should have got more to the point with the answer. So the reason we went hybrid so quickly is because we we're missing people. And the, hmm. the second part of that was that we found that presenters, um, this is great. You and I are talking using uh, you know, a Zoom connection. You know, we're a few hundred miles apart and it's just like you're in the room. I can see your face and I, I know we're only using the audio, but it makes it so much easier. But there's a different level of energy when you stand in front of an audience, no yeah. matter how small that audience is, as you walk around and make presentations. Uh, for the people at home, I'm shaking my hands all over the place at the moment. Uh, and I, 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 I know Paul can see me and I just can't help it. Mm. Uh, when you're able to walk around and make presentations and you've got your slide deck behind you, there's a different level of energy. And we found that even when we started this last Dece December, in December 2020, and we were able to put on you know, an event where there was only 12 people in, in the room and you know about mm. 300 people remote, it made such a difference talking to a dozen people. You've got mm. that energy level back. And yeah. so this is why we've been very keen to stay with hybrid. And even yeah. when we're allowed to meet with each other in person, um, and you know, we're, I think we're all getting mm. there now. And we've been, you and I, I think, have both been double vaccinated, had our mm. sequel injection, as I like to go with a geek joke. Yeah. Um, then I still think there'll be a, a, a long time after as well, when we've got people in person, we will still record and stream some of these to help a wider audience of people get educated. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, so 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 let's switch switch back to hardware. Okay. <laughs> I know it's your favorite subject. I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a deep breath here and hope I pronounce these words correctly. So tell me, because I know you're excited about this. Okay. <laughs> non non volatile memory express. NVMe. Uh, you know. So for the people at home, uh, Paul's probably just going to go make a cup of tea right now. I promise you, Paul, I won't speak about it um, for too long. But it is, um, we're, we're constantly given these acronyms, MVME and all the other acronyms that IT always comes out with. And we've got a bit of acronym fatigue. We're always told that this is the next best thing and the greatest thing. And of course, a couple of years pass and it's not. There's another next best thing. But the whole idea of NVME um, is that it's changed the way that the storage works and it's internal storage, not the utopian external storage. There is a place for external storage. It's very good, blah, 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 but it's expensive for a small IBMI user. Makes a lot of sense for medium and large ones. But mm. what NVMe has done is it's made storage up to 12 times faster. So between two and 12 times faster, depending on what sort of reading and writing you're doing. So that's mm. great. At the very least, it's double the speed of what you've got. And mm. it's made it up to 50% cheaper to buy the hardware on the box. Right? So the hardware, you've got something that's at least twice as fast and at least half as cheap. You think it, it's okay. not often that IBM does that. Normally when something is twice as fast, 
let's just say it's a little more expensive, right? Yes. Value. But the simple thing is that we're moving to a different type of storage, which you don't have to change any of your programs. They all still work exactly as they always do. Mm -hmm. uh, but suddenly it's made life easier. And they're a bit more reliable as well, you know, because we're moving away from spinning disk architecture. So I won't bore you with all the things about parallel versus serial access and all of that. That's better too. But just remember, twice as fast, half the price. So I think that that's a piece of hardware that's worth shouting about. So non-volatile memory and the Express is just, yeah, that's... Yeah. Because yeah, you have to have a fourth letter in an acronym. We all know this. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll admit, I, I, I'm sorry, I am impressed with that. Uh, I, I try, it takes a lot for hardware to impress me. <laughs> but that's it, it's a simple message. It, it, yeah. you know, it's, it's faster and it's cheaper. Um, and I'll throw in there, it's more reliable as well. But faster and cheaper yeah. is usually good enough to get people's yeah. attention. <laughs> Okay, so there was one other interesting thing too. So, so we're talking about work stuff, and we, we were chatting before about the metabolic thing. It was an interesting thing, thing that you mentioned, your open source epiphany. Yeah, okay, so this has to be the trade-off. I've just shown you a piece of hardware that you're interested in, but actually I had a real open source proper epiphany. Yeah, I wasn't just on the road to Damascus. It, it just magicked me there. It was so good. <laughs> but I got a support call that came in and, um, it was to do with printing PDFs. Uh, so very mature ERP system. Yeah, fine. No problem at all. Carrier has changed the way that they work. So carrier sends a PDF in saying these are the labels that it's going to pick up your stuff. It's all integrated with web services, all nice and modern. But the carrier sometimes has the, the label in this PDF in portrait and sometimes in landscape. And um, my printer that I was there, my piece of hardware, always just did exactly what it was told. It's a you know, it, it didn't intuitively think, well, it needs rotating. So it was half the time printing the, the, the labels the wrong way around. And I thought, oh, right, uh, I can't find a hardware solution to this. <laughs> uh, and so I, I didn't even look at, the, you know, you could do it with IP1, the InfoPrint Server 1 product uh, on IBM I, but, you know, that in itself has been stabilized. And I thought, I'm not going to create a brand new solution based on, you know, uh, I won't say obsolete because it's still supported, mm. but yeah, not strategic moving forward solutions because we put these in and they wouldn't be used. So, you know, I, I engaged with a hardware manufacturer. I looked at all sorts of bits and then I just thought, well, I'll just, I've been listening to Jesse Gazinski. So I just put a comment in the, um, the IBM I community, which we should talk about at some point, this new online community that's there. Uh, and 20 minutes later, someone said, there's an open source solution for this. It's two lines of Python code. <laughs> even I could follow it. <laughs> the first one I think I was open this PDF. The second one was rotate and save this PDF. <laughs> You're having a laugh. You've just described to me what I asked you to do. No, that's the Python code. Um, yeah. So the, the, the epiphany was that there is probably a software solution to many hardware problems, which I have to say mm. through gritted teeth. <laughs> but the simple fact is that it's not always RPG, um, you know, there's an open source solution for, for many problems that we would normally solve with, with RPG or COBOL or insert your you know, mature language. Uh, and nothing wrong with those languages, but if someone's going to give you the answer, you know, yeah. in two lines of code that even I can understand, <laughs> there must be something in there. So, yeah. I, 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 
you obviously discovered the secret of programming copy paste <laughs> yes yeah change change name of document <laughs> there we go <laughs> okay so listen one 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 last thing then steve um uh, and I, I thought this was an interesting uh, thing on a little bit on, on the personal side and sort of side effect of pandemic, um, uh, reconnecting with roots. Um, so, yeah, you know, you and I say we normally see each other at least half a dozen times a year. Well, you know, I'm normally on a, 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 a plane every, uh, every month on average. Um, which is a lot for a Brit. We're not like uh, the guys over in America who use it for their commuting. I'm on a train every week. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm constantly traveling. And on top of that, I'll do another 30,000 miles in the car. Uh, so this pandemic has meant that I have spent more time in my home city than at any other time in my adult life. And um, I know I have a very young sounding voice, but for those of you who don't know what I look like, uh, I'm almost as decrepit as Paul. <laughs> uh, so, you know, for 30 Almost. years, I, yeah, I, I aspire to, to catch up with you, my friend. You are my mentor. Yes. So, you know, for 30 years, I've been traveling. Uh, and so for the first time, I, I spent a year at home and I got to reconnect with my home city. Um, the, the things that I had forgotten, the things that I never knew, the things that had changed, it can be as simple as, a, you know, just when you're walking down the street, because you're not worried about being run over, and hopefully you're not staring at your phone, look up, look at the architecture of where you live. Uh, those people who have heard of Wolverhampton uh, wouldn't think it'd be famous for having good architecture. It's amazing. The city is incredible, as long as you look above the shop line, you know. Mm. And then the countryside around it, uh, where I am is right on the uh, the west of the west midlands so if you head west from where i am it's literally all fields until you get to wales which is about 50 miles away about 70 kilometers away uh, and it's stunningly beautiful it's lord of the rings country i think i've told you this in the in the past we are those hairy toed uh, hobbits <laughs> that tolkien was talking about they are the shires staffordshire worcestershire mm. Uh, Shropshire and this is where I, I live on the edge of it's it's phenomenal mm. so I've got to reconnect yeah. with my home city and, and I'm so proud of where I'm from and so glad I got to uh, spend more time there well I think that is uh, an excellent tone to leave things on so Steve thank you for taking uh, the time to talk to me I hope it won't be another five years before we do this again and uh, and I really look forward to seeing you in person later this year Fantastic. Great to speak to you, Paul. Thanks. Oh, okay. That's it for this iTalk, everyone. Uh, tune in again soon uh, for the next one. Bye for now.